You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Abandoned Mission by Scully to your Mulder on AO3. Rating, general audiences. Mulder's phone rang just as they were fitting their carry-on into the overhead compartment. Skinner heard him answer the phone. What happened? Mulder asked. Skinner turned to look at him, surprised by the shock in his voice. He watched as Mulder paled before his very eyes. His body tensed, and he listened intently to what his interlocker said on the phone. He ran his hand through his hair, and his expression changed from shock to concern. He began fidgeting nervously, looking around the plane. All right, I'll be right there, he said stoically, before pulling on the bag he just stored. Then, without saying a word, he began walking towards the front of the plane, squeezing between other passengers who were trying to board. Skinner knew there was only one thing on this planet capable of sidetracking Fox Mulder from his quest. Mulder, Skinner called out. What's going on? Mulder turned around briefly. Scully's in the hospital, he said simply. And just like that, aliens were forgotten. The possibility of fulfilling one's lifelong quest was simply regulated to the second place behind the one person who, long ago, was supposed to put an end to said quest. Funny how things work sometimes, Skinner thought sadly. He reached for his own carry-on luggage and followed Mulder out of the plane, other passengers giving him the stink eye and shaking their heads disapprovingly. He had to run across the airport to keep up with Mulder. Once in the parking lot, Mulder raced to the car, and Skinner barely had enough time to get into the car before Mulder threw it in reverse. The ride to the hospital was made in silence, save for Mulder's grunts of frustration whenever he had to stop at a red light. He was tapping his fingers nervously on the steering wheel. Luckily for them, it was still very early in the morning, too early for traffic. Skinner was contemplative. He was worried about Agent Scully, too. She'd suffered so much already, and he felt at a complete loss seeing her dying of cancer a few years ago. It would have been a massive loss for the FBI, all right, but he personally liked her. Beyond being a great agent, she was a good person, one that he appreciated. She didn't deserve any of this. Mulder didn't either. During Scully's cancer, his worry for Mulder had been greatly overshadowed by his worries for her. After all, she had very nearly died. And he had to admit, his own deal with the devil had kept him up at night. The old prick had been quick to cash in his favor. But other than being a nuisance, he hadn't done a whole lot for Scully. But his concern for Mulder had been there nonetheless. Even then, he could tell there was something special there. An otherwise insignificant moment was etched in Skinner's mind. The week before her hospitalization, he summoned them to a meeting to discuss one of their cases. They'd walked into the room stiffly, probably expecting a comeuppance. Skinner had asked Scully about her condition, about how she was doing. She'd sworn up and down that she was fine, that he didn't have to worry about her. He was duped, however. He knows she'd lost weight, and he was becoming increasingly concerned about having her out in the field, for her health and safety, but also for Mulder's. Skinner knew he would put himself in harm's way without thinking about it for her, to protect her. It was becoming dangerous to have her out in the field, for both of them. 
From the corner of his eye, he'd seen Mulder exhale loudly as he shook his head, a sorrowful expression on his face. Skinner had sat down at last after they'd begun talking. A few minutes into the conversation, Skinner's heart filled with dread when he saw blood dripping out of Agent Scully's nose. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt Agent, but he'd said awkwardly, pointing at her nose. Right away, Mulder produced a little tissue pack and handed it to her. She grabbed a few and leaned forward, pinching her nose. This had clearly become routine behavior. While Scully managed her nosebleed, Skinner had stole a quick look at Mulder. He was biting his lip, and it looked to Skinner as though he was resisting the urge to scream, to scream at the unfairness of it all, the feeling of powerlessness as the disease stubbornly continued its ravage. His knuckles were white from where he grasped his hands on his knees. And his eyes. He'd seen Fox Mulder discouraged and disappointed quite a few times in his time, but the complete helplessness he'd seen in his eyes at that moment had shaken him to his core. Later, he'd been made to believe Mulder had blown his head off while Scully was in the hospital dying of cancer. He believed it because this outcome would not have surprised him in the least. As he sat in the car with him racing to the hospital, these worries began gnawing at him again. For her, for him. Mulder parked the car quickly, sideways, and stepped out immediately. Skinner followed him hot on his trail. Inside the hospital, Mulder accosted the lady at the front desk. Which way is Dana Catherine Scully's room? He heard Mulder ask. He sounded on the verge of tears. Sir, visitor hours won't begin until another, she said, interrupting when they simultaneously flipped open their FBI badges. Room 217. That was not the ER or the ICU. He had gotten to know the hospital quite well, thanks to those two agents. They rode a crowded elevator, and then they were there. The floor was not too busy. The employees still buzzed around, sometimes checking into a room, others chatting with other employees at the nurse's station and jotting down notes onto patient files. In front of room 217, Mulder loudly inhaled and exhaled, then turned the doorknob inside the room. Scully lay on the hospital bed. She wore yet another hospital gown. At the sound of the door, her eyes fluttered open. They both gasped. Scully, Mulder. Mulder quickly went over to her and wrapped her into a crushing hug. I've been so worried about you, Skinner heard her whisper. About me, Mulder asked. Surprised, the sound muffled against Scully's hair. Yes, oh Mulder, as soon as you two left last night, I had this terrible feeling in the pit of my stomach. I can't explain it, but I'm so glad you never made it to Belfair. I know something terrible would have happened there, she said. Mulder squeezed her, possibly pulling her against him even tighter. I'm glad we're here now. Skinner awkwardly shuffled on his feet. That's when Scully noticed him. He saw her stiffen in Mulder's arms, and she immediately pulled back slightly. Sir, she nodded. Mulder let her go and sat down in the chair by her bed. What happened, agent? He asked. I fainted. Again, she said. The gunman brought me here. What do the doctors think you have? Mulder asked her intently. They're not sure. I've taken a few tests. I'm waiting for the results, she explained. How are you feeling now? I'm okay. A little nauseous, maybe. There was a long pause, only interrupted by Skinner's stomach protesting loudly. He had planned on eating on the plane, and now he was starving. I'm going to the cafeteria. Need anything, he asked them. They shook their heads. 
Okay, well, I'll be right back, he said. Just as he was heading out, a doctor wearing a lab coat and a stethoscope and a pad stopped in front of the room. Dr. Scully, I have your results. And this must be Mr. Mulder, she said, before stepping into the room and shutting the door behind her. Skinner felt his heart racing in his chest. This was it. They would know. He began walking towards the elevator, feeling a little unsteady. He rode the elevator in silence, two nurses smiling at him as they got on one floor below. The cafeteria was crowded with people looking for an early breakfast. Skinner settled on a breakfast sandwich, waited in line to pay, and then he was off again. The elevator ride back up seemed to stretch to infinity. He would now know whether he was about to lose the best agent he'd ever known. He rapidly walked over to her room, where he saw the door was ajar. He peeked inside, his jaw fell. Scully's face was wet with tears, but she was smiling and laughing. Mulder was staring at her, a stupid smile on his face. They were holding hands over the railing. It's a miracle, he said in disbelief. Our miracle, she replied. Mulder scooted closer to the bed and bent over her. Most specifically, much to Skinner's surprise, he pressed his cheek to her belly for a few seconds. Then he turned slightly, his lips against the textile. Hello, baby, he whispered, sounding odd. And Scully sobbed loudly before she slid her hand into his hair, caressing his scalp slightly. We're so happy you're here, he said, his voice watery. We can't wait to meet you. Come up here, Scully said, gently pulling him up to her face before tenderly pressing her lips into his in a soft kiss. Skinner smiled. It had finally happened. Hell, it must have happened some time ago because they were expecting a baby. It could become a major pain in the ass for him if he was forced to split them up. No other team would be the same. A long time ago, he willingly would have broken them up himself. They had been growing pains and he wouldn't have had much of a choice in the matter. But now, he tries his best to keep them together. Besides, he was almost certain his superiors assumed they had become involved a long time ago. On a personal level, he was happy for them. If two people deserved a little happiness on this planet, it was these two. Skinner shifted on his feet before deciding to leave to let them have their moment. He had no business here. Scully sensed his movement and abruptly pulled away from Mulder her cheeks turning crimson. Mulder turned around to see what bothered her so much. When he noticed Skinner standing there, his soft smile morphed into a shit-eating grin Skinner had seen too many times. Sir, Scully began nervously. Agents, I know, he said as he walked into the room, sounding sterner than he felt. No time for bullshit. Then softer. I think congratulations are in order, he said, a smile breaking on his face. He walked over to Mulder and shook his hand. The grip was firm. He met Mulder's eyes, and there was a joy there he'd never seen. He knew for certain he'd never seen Fox Mulder close to being this happy. He let go of his hand and patted him on the back. Then he wrapped his arm around Scully's shoulders, pulling her into an awkward but heartfelt hug. Congratulations, Dana, he said, and she thanked him silently. He stood back and looked at them. Sir, what about our partnership? Scully said, frowning. Don't worry about that for now. Anyone who tried to split the two of you up will have to go through me. She breathed out in relief. I'll let you two alone now. Congratulations, again, he said before stepping out of the room. He walked away feeling light. Scully was okay. Mulder was too. 
For once, everything was just right. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there. <laughs>